Welcome to The Paper Fold. I am your host, Sarah. Before I get to my guest today, I just wanted to remind you all that the Noted at Noted Product Awards are open through April 18th, and you don't have to be an exhibitor to enter. For more info, head on over to thepapernerd.com. I have a dedicated post on it, as well as a button running along the right side that you can click to get started. So, you probably would never guess from looking at her, but my guest today is a really powerful force of stationary nature. Lindsay Henry is the founder and creative director at Inkling's Papery, a stationary and lifestyle studio based in Plymouth, Michigan. Lindsay worked as a brand designer for five years before launching Inkling's in 2009 on Etsy. I first met Lindsay uh, rather early on, and what really stood out for to me from day one is that Lindsay is really intentional and thoughtful in her approach to every aspect of her business. As you'll hear, Lindsay explained, Inklings embraces sustainability, ingenuity, and the power of connection through the handwritten note. The range is full of artful surprises from pop-ups to scratch-offs, which may explain why Inklings has received eight Louis Awards as well as two Best New Product Awards from New York Now and Noted. Inklings Papery was a finalist in the Martha Stewart American Made Awards, and in 2017, Lindsay was one of Stationery Trends Magazine's 10 Designers to Watch. Today, you can find Inklings in over... 1,500 stores across the U.S. and around the world, with that number including Anthropology, Saks Fifth Avenue, Nordstrom, Starbucks, Target, Uncommon Goods, plus a whole lot of the independent stores that really power our industry. Inklings Papery is operated by a small but mighty team of six women from a century-old factory where adding machines, typewriters, World War II army tanks, and bombs were once fabricated. Sounds like a powerful location for this mighty range to be designed, packed, and shipped. Lindsay is really active in the stationary community, from Proof to Product to the Greeting Card Association. I see her everywhere, and I am always struck by her warm, giving nature. As you'll see, she goes to bat not just for her brand, as any maker would do, but also for other brands. When that happens, she's as tough as an older sister protecting her younger sibling on the playground. But the way she goes about it is such that you cannot really get mad at her and you sort of lose interest in fighting altogether. Too bad she's not offering that skill wholesale. I can only imagine how she definitely mothers her two young sons. So I have a million questions for Lindsay about her brand and her ethics, and she'll be back with me right after this to discuss. Hey, paper peeps. So by now, many of my listeners are familiar with the force of stationary nature, better known as Girl with Knife. But if you aren't, time to change all that. From the first moment I spied her booth at her New York Now trade show debut in 2019, I was smitten with this cutting edge range that the world was calling out for. We all just didn't know it yet. Everything is nimbly collaged to life, slice by careful slice by the talented and exquisite Alicia Castaldi. This stylish collection of cards, 
journals and notepads that have sprung to life under this fashionista's exacting knife is sharp, snarky, sleek, and occasionally very sweet, just like that BFF who would love to hear from you right now. For that reason, whenever I get my hands on Girl With Knife merchandise, I hoard it and use it most sparingly. Alicia recently launched Gift Wrap, and if you're already a fan of her range, you're familiar with her patterns and quality, but these super thick sheets elevate any gift from off the rack to atelier. Her recent releases of Midnight Botanical, Rare Creatures, and Chase dreams bring the total styles that slay up to 10. And if you're like me and that you fall in love with a range and want to reside in that world, you're in luck. Alicia recently unveiled Knife House, which was one of the few good things I can think of that came out of 2020. That was when Alicia shifted her operation from L.A. to this newly renovated concept home in Palm Springs. This completely private, walled and gated estate features panoramic mountain views and countless looks surprises. Take a tour through its magnificent blush pink doors at www.knifehousepalmsprings.com or find it on Instagram at knifehousepalmsprings. Good luck getting your jaw off the floor as you take in this perfect California adult playground. These glamorous digs are available for photo shoots, film projects, special events, and short-term rentals. But just as importantly, all that exquisite Palm Springs flora and fauna have inspired Alicia's soon-to-be-released journal and notepads. She tells me that they're also expanding into home decor, which I, for one, absolutely can't wait to see. So now that you've glimpsed this wonderful world, you need this cutting edge lifestyle brand in your life. Find Girl With Knife in hundreds of shops across the US and half over half a dozen countries. Alicia and Girl With Knife have also been featured in New York Magazine, LA Business Journal, BuzzFeed, and of course, Stationary Trends. I've run her work there countless times. Alicia was one of our 10 designers to watch in 2020 and proceeded to live up to that designation when last May, two out of her three nominated cards took CHOP honors at the Noted and Noted Virtual Greeting Card Competition. Then, for our winter 2021 issue of Stationary Trends, Alicia designed the 10 designers to watch frontispiece for us. It is something else if you haven't seen it yet. Also, as of 2021, Alicia is represented by none other than the Daniel Richard showrooms in Atlanta and Dallas. Dan's eye is renowned in this biz, so his representing Girl with Knife is unsurprising, but it also means that this brand needs to be on your design radar stat. Check out this beguiling range at the recently refreshed girlwithknife.com. Right now, the theme is Season of Fierce, and I think we can all use one of those about now. I guarantee your stationery will slay. Hey, Lindsay, welcome to the paper fold. Hi, Sarah. It's so good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm just going to get right into it. Uh, like, like so many stationary makers, your business was born at your graphic design day job. And I have found over the years that 
most paper peeps tend to not just be entrepreneurial, but really appreciate the little moments and connections that make life special. Can you speak to your love of that and how you try to recreate those moments with your products? Yeah, great question. Um, like you said, before I started Inkling, Sarah, I did work in graphic design and branding for about 10 years. Um, but when I think back to my childhood, I've always had a love of paper and of the written word. And you probably had this situation as well. Like I had a, a pen pal, my best friend for years, who would send each other handmade cards and letters stuffed with stickers and friendship bracelets and little treasures in the mail. Um, and I still have a box filled with those letters. They're like a, a time capsule of childhood memories. Um, and now as a parent, I have kids of my own and you know they're growing up in a digital age where text and email can be deleted as quickly as they're written. And as a parent, I've noticed that we tend to post those memories and pictures on and stories on Facebook, but the good stuff in life and the deep kind of lasting connections happen off screen. Mm -hmm. And so there's power in these tactile kind of tangible keepsakes. So really Inklings is about uh, the power of connection uh, and creating moments of surprise and delight with everything we make. So like our scratch off cards and our secret decoder cards with them, you can send a little a hidden message to someone in the mail when you can't be there in person. Um, and, you know, our confetti grams are about sending a party. That's just, you know, a little moment of joy that you can send in the mail. So we want to create lasting memories and connections that you just can't get across the screen. That's that's really what lights us up. I think that's amazing. I love it. Um, in our age of social media, sometimes I feel like people feel like something didn't happen unless they share it in <laughs> yes. a social media post. And I really feel like it's better if it's not shared in a social media post. Like mm -hmm. I feel like those are the those are the precious moments. And after anything, if you don't share it on social media, it's almost more special in your memories. Yes, I think. And 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 it's the same thing with those moments, getting a letter, mm -hmm. opening it up and, you know, that sense of discovery and the unfolding that, you know, sort of occurs over time. It's really very um, it's um, it's a special thing and it's a special thing to recreate. And it's so neat that you frame you're framing people's person, the most personal moments of people's lives through your product. So yes. it's it's really special. It is special. Paper Peeps. So Kitty Meow Boutique has been a fabulous client of mine for a while now. So hopefully many of my listeners are familiar with not just the dazzling wares from this Chicagoland house of paper, but also its amazing founder, a force of nature better known as Catherine Hildner. This mom of two with another scheduled to arrive soon has created a most intoxicating stationary range. I define the Kitty Meow aesthetic as polished and very very smart. Think of the sharpest outfit you own that you feel like a million bucks in, but in stationary form. Everything from typography to envelope choice comes together to pack a most enticing punch. But this range is not just about the surface. It's about honoring those connections with those we care about most. And you'll see once you visit kittymeowboutique.com that the wares are divided into witty and sweet because as Catherine puts it, sometimes you feel a little saucy and sometimes you don't. 
But Kitty Meow Boutique is so much more than just another pretty face in the marketplace. The empowering messaging found on her cards, invitations, journals, coasters, art prints, and enamel pins elevates the range into something that makes you feel not just seen, but good about yourself too. Everything is essentially a little lift visually and emotionally for not just those you love, but you as well. Not only is Kitty Meow available for your personal shopping needs, it's also available wholesale to all those shops looking for something new with which to excite their customers. She's on FAIR. Visit kittymeowboutique.fair.com and get your shop started. Finally, I think what I love about Catherine most is that she is really all about living your best life, as you'll see for yourself beneath the education tab on her site. She offers KMB Signature Collective, a mastermind for women in the product-based business world who have a love for paper and giftable items, who have an idea and a plan, but need guidance and support to be successful in their efforts. I so agree with Catherine. It's so important to be surrounded by like-minded women and leaders who are willing to put in the work to lift each other up. For that reason, it's not a course. It's a friggin' transformation, people. And Catherine has also started my second favorite podcast, Dreams to Plants, with another brilliant force of nature, my girlfriend Renee, to elevate your daydreams to actual tangible plants. Oh, and if you're on Clubhouse, follow Kitty Meow so you can tune in to her weekly room Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called Small Business Savvy, Insider Secrets You Need to Know. I checked it out for myself last week, and it was just the dose of inspiration and confidence my day needed. So get those good vibes going at kittymeowboutique.com and tell them Sarah sent you. So you opened your Etsy shop in 2010, and you began to kind of set your brand apart from the start. Uh, by 2012, you were a finalist in the Martha Stewart American Made Awards. So I go on Etsy, and there's a trillion billion people. Um, what <laughs> advice would you give other Etsy shops for distinguishing themselves on that massive platform? Yes, it's a huge platform. And when we joined, it was much smaller. Um, I do miss certain aspects of that. But I think it's just in general, it can be challenging to sell a physical, tangible product in a digital space. You know, people, we naturally love to touch and feel things and hold them and, you know, feel the paper and the weight of that, that item in our hands. And so when we can't do that, uh, photography and product descript descriptions really have to do a lot of the heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. um, I cringe when I look at our early product photos now because I was learning as I went and so many of them, I just took them on top of a desk with, you know, some light, light coming in the window. But, you know, we've always taken our own photography and definitely have gotten better over the years at that. Um, but I find like beautiful photos really highlight your product. It helps you show certain aspects and details of them um, that, kind of help, helps when you can't show them that product in person and, you know, brings them to life. So I would say the photography quality really is important um, in distinguishing yourself online, but also it's, like, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 
that's huge. I mean, that's huge. That's all there's, that's all the customer is seeing. And I say that mm -hmm. with uh, submissions to the publication as well, but like on Etsy, like that's really when you have to pull out the, the big stops and really, you know, make your product pop. Right. And even the written descriptions too, too. I know you're, you're a lover of words. So um, how, how do you uh, tell a story with your, your product description and cast a vision for how that can be used? That's also a helpful, you know, way to dis distinguish your products on the platform. Um, I mean, it's huge. Yeah. I think also you mentioned they're just so, it's such a massive, Etsy especially is just such a massive platform. Um, and there are so many people who are following trends and trying to you know, do what other people are doing. I think bringing a unique point of view is really important. Tr don't try and be like everyone else. Just, right. you know, own what you're doing and try and bring a unique offering. And that's something that we've tried to do from the start. Absolutely. Don't try to be anyone else. Do your own thing. Right. <laughs> Please. Um, <laughs> Please. Um, also, you know, even if you're small, think big when it comes to your brand. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm putting my branding hat on because I, I have sure. that background. But like laying the foundation for a lasting standout brand early on is really important. So, uh, you know, many people, I think uh, Bill Gates said that many people underestimate what they can accomplish in one year. Uh, oh, overestimate. I'm sorry, what they can right, accomplish right. in one year and underestimate what they can in 10 years. You know, so um, yeah, understanding kind of your brand, your brand promise, your offering and crafting products around that are, is important rather than just coming up with a one idea and throwing it out there. You know, when people buy an Inklings card, they expect one that delivers that moment of surprise and delight. Um, and they also know that like we value sustainability and we're woman owned and we want to deliver more sweet than snark. Um, you know, so those are the things that are important to our brand and, you know, but laying that foundation early on is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because then each product sort of stands on the shoulders of another and just yeah. uh, sort of deepens your brand statement, mm -hmm. adds more dimension. Oh, she's doing the pop-ups. Oh, she's doing confetti. Oh, she got flowers. Yes. Like it's like, uh, what's next? Mm -hmm. yes. uh, so, I mean, it's, it's great. It's brilliant. And I mean, and now that you you know, have been doing it now for over a decade, you sort of can see um, how it played out. I mean, now mm -hmm. it must seem linear, but at the time it was happening, I'm sure it was <laughs> more like, what do I try next? Right. Yes. A lot more reactive. So since then, I mean, over the past, you know, 11 or so years, as your wholesale business has grown, I mean, you've collaborated with major retail heavy hitters, Starbucks and Anthropology, which are two corporations I cannot seem to quit. Um, <laughs> um, I would love to hear more about like how these partnerships played out. Like, how, did they come to you? Did, did you go to them? Like, what happened? Yeah, each one was kind of a unique situation. And and, and honestly, Sarah, like, I still pinch myself some days when I think of the the privilege to be able to work with these companies that I've admired for, for my, whole, my whole life. Um, you know, Anthro, actually, they reached out to us early on, and they were one of our first wholesale accounts, which was really exciting. Um, we pretty much did a happy dance when, when I got that email. They had seen our cards online and were interested in them specific, specifically for their bridal line beholden. Um, and wow. so our first card design that we ever made was a scratch-off balloon, um, was one that they ordered. And it's still a top seller in our line. So they they just happened to find us on the internet. So it was kind of a lucky thing. Um, and this spring, they'll be adding our confetti grams and 
flower grams to their line, um, to their card wall as well. So that Sweet. was, the, yeah, that was, that was kind of a unique situation. Starbucks though, they, we happen to be, um, at New York now in the winter of 2017, um, we were exhibiting for the first time at that show and our little booth was, we shared it with a friend. It was so far at the back of Javits that we could feel the cold air drafting in from the loading docks. And I remember every morning it took buyers about an hour to like snake their way through Javits to make their way all the way back to us. So, um, you know, we, we always have a product demo where we show our customers. There's a lot of kind of demonstration to what we do. And so we always have a little demo in our booth. Um, and we happen to have a little cluster of buyers walk by. And we. And I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but your booth is always, was always amazing. Like your booth oh, was amazingly you, styled. There was always treats. Yeah, I could not leave without getting something to eat. And <laughs> um, but just everything was lovely. Everything Thank was you. so beautifully styled always um, from the start. I'm trying to remember your booth that year, but it's not coming to me, which is weird because usually I remember all this stuff. But um, but I'm sure even from the start, it you were exquisitely. Thank um, you. You know, but I'm sorry to interrupt. But you were saying so they found they found you at your demonstration. Yes, so they just walked by, and we you know we didn't look at the badges. We just engaged in conversation and invited them to play this little scratch off game that we had. Um, and then you know as we're talking, I looked at the name tags and realized that they were from Starbucks. So that was like what? Um, and so we chatted for about ten or fifteen minutes and kind of kicked around some ideas and showed showed them our line. Um, and after that, I just kept in touch for like six months. I would send them samples and you know, communicate with them. Um, and eventually I just, I didn't let up and they're like, okay, we'll give you one hour. If you can, you'd like to come to our headquarters in Seattle, um, show us, show us some of your ideas. So like when Starbucks invites you to present to them, you make it count. So we had like two weeks to throw together all of our ideas, throw together this, um, you know, some display displays and products. And we packed them all. My husband and I packed them all into like two rolling suitcases. And on our anniversary, <laughs> we walked Aww. into the Starbucks headquarters and sat down in this little glass conference room and just like put it all out there, you know, and it was like the, it kind of felt like a, a a pivotal moment for us in our, sure. in our lives and in our career. Um, and if it, if it tanked, we're like, well, at least it was a little anniversary trip, trip you know? Right. <laughs> um, you know, so, so wait, yeah. wait, were you, did they, had they said, because your product was like a scratch off type gift card was what eventually was arisen at. Was that what you were pitching them or was what you pitched them? Did that evolve? It evolved. We pitched a whole bunch of different ideas because we really weren't sure exactly what they were looking for and, and what their strategy was. Right. Um, so we had a whole range of of holiday cards, of gift card ideas, of mini notes, of little lunchbox notes. But we customized all of them to their what we thought would be an aesthetic that would work with them sure. without losing our own brand aesthetic in, in sure. a way. So we just we made samples. We had a little booklet and like made a little video. So we just threw a lot of things out there in the mm -hmm. time that we had. And eventually, mm -hmm. you know, it was another year's worth of communicating with them and, and calling it down to be the, the two products that we ended up launching in their store. So and that was kind of a merger of our ideas and some of the ideas of their design team, too. Wow. Well, that's, and that's, a, that's amazing. I love how you didn't look at their badge because to me, like trade shows, like there's something very organic about just mm -hmm. people coming by your booth yeah. and you chatting with them. And it doesn't matter where anybody works. It's just like, there's just a sense of connection over the products. Mm -hmm. And it just happened to be someone from Starbucks. And because you sort of, um, 
you know, just develop that relationship and let it play out like it eventually grew into something. I mean, a lot of people might have had that um, trade show interaction and never got it to the point you got it to. So I think I think how you what you did with that was crucial. Well, thank you. And I, I think the, the trade show and getting getting in front of people is just the first step. But really, it's about trying to form a relationship and trying to remain in touch with people in a non-annoying way, right? Because you don't right, want to seem right. too, too, uh, too pushy, but just pr pr providing an offering that you think they would enjoy and just kind of following up on that connection, you know, and sometimes right, just right. putting yourself out there. Right. You've always been very, you've always been very, very good at that, though, from the start, mm -hmm. as long as I've known you. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, so that sort of brings you're welcome. So that sort of brings me to my next uh, question. Uh, so while I haven't really physically seen you in a really long time, I <laughs> I see you quote unquote online in some private stationary groups uh, where makers share little aggravations and yeah. as well as victories. And <laughs> about a month back, uh, one member posted an that an Etsy shop had copied one of her designs um, asking others to go and make sure that that nothing from you had been copied as well. And so not only did you like um, almost immediately go and check, you wrote a very polished and professional letter with screenshots telling this individual in no uncertain terms to take them down immediately. And he did. And so that was so heartwarming for me to just kind of see how in our little community makers sort of have each other's backs. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get to I'm going to get to how nice you are in a minute throughout these rather <laughs> awkward interactions. But I want to ask you first, since you seemed like raring to go on this, have you been ripped off before on Etsy and was it easy uh, to get resolved? Yeah, unfortunately, that has happened to us before. And, and just circling back to our community, though, this is such a special community. Everyone is so supportive, even of people who in other communities that might be their competitor, but everyone is just willing to step up and especially defending a colleague when her work has been copied. So um, unfortunately, this has happened to us uh, on a number of occasions. And I think one of the hardest parts about working as a visual artist is, is knowing what to do when you found your work has been taken without your permission. And sometimes it may happen in innocence as someone like is inspired by an, by an idea and just thinks, well, I'll just open a little Etsy shop and make something kind of like that. But there's there, <laughs> that line can get blurred sometimes. And you know, I've learned that, especially if it's just an individual, per, an individual and not a company, just reaching out to them directly is a good first step. You know, I try and be polite, but firm, um, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it, sometimes that's all it takes to remove the product in question. Um, you know, when it comes to bigger infringements or issues with larger retailers, that's mm -hmm. a different story. And I'm, right. you know, we've had to learn along the way about what's the appropriate way to defend yourself. And, and, you know, when it comes to finding a product on the shelves that is, a, you know, identical to yours. I think like five years ago, I got a text from a friend and she said, oh, I'm so excited. I just saw your cards in Target. And I'm like, uh, what? we're not in Target. <laughs> that's an exciting, that's exciting. But I didn't know about this. And I went and like in the dollar spot, like at the very front and there with my kid. And he's like, mom, is that yours? So there was like two or three things that looked almost identical to something that we were oh. making at the time. And it was, oh, it was so hard. Um, and yeah, it, your stomach feels, drops. Yeah. It's your oh, baby. Like people don't understand with creatives yes. that like this is your baby. Right. This is your product right. that you slaved over, and then to see it in the 
dollar section at like, Target. Oh my goodness! It's like it's just your stomach drops. Yes. So so you know, defending yourself. You know, I would say some advice for creatives is that registering registering copyrights of your work is really important and something that we didn't do in the beginning days and would have given us more to stand on in a situation like that when we when we saw it in Target. Um, so that's, you know, if it's just an individual, it's, you know, you can maybe just reach out. But if you're talking about bigger issues, I would just recommend registering copyrights of your work. And especially before the product has launched and is public, because you can register it as a group. So it's mm -hmm. as a collection and it's a bit more affordable to that's, do it that That's way. really, that's really smart. And I, and I should add, there is gray area. I mean, while there are like blatant yeah. copies, like sometimes, you know, one menorah looks like another menorah card, like there, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, it's, you know, there's, there is a lot of overlap. And yes. a few times in the past, people have come to me and been like, so and so ripped me off. And, you know, I want you to take a look and get involved. Usually, I don't want to get involved. No. I mean, I want to <laughs> help them. But I don't want to, I do not need to put myself in the middle of no. that situation at all. Right. So, you know, another thing that has kind of been occurring a lot um, in the past several months is uh, with the post office issues. Uh, there were there have been a lot of delays with customers receiving packages, especially over the holidays. I, you mm. know, I know, I know everybody got lots of where where is my order emails. Um, yes. And you, <laughs> you recently shared one where a customer placed an order for a Valentine's Day card. It was early February. Mm -hmm. Or it might have been, been late January. Yes. And then and then uh they wanted and then they wanted you to upgrade shipping to expedite it without paying extra. So it could definitely arrive by Valentine's Day. And then th this is the well, then they threatened to leave you a negative review if you didn't do as she asked. And, and uh you didn't. You patiently, patiently, far more patient than I ever could have been, explained your policies. And then you kind of shared the interaction in a private group, where, which is where I saw it. And then everybody was chiming in like, uh, I would have just canceled the order, period. And, you know, like I, you know, everyone, mm -hmm. basically the sentiment was that is so aggravating. Just forget it. Cancel the order. Give the lady her seven bucks back and call <laughs> it a day. And, uh, but you did it and nor did you upgrade her shipping. And so how did it end up playing out? Oh my goodness. I think some people will just never be happy. I know that's hard. <laughs> It's, it's hard because we're people, we're people pleasers. We want to delight every person, but sometimes people are just, some people are just, they have, they have their own set of circumstances that are influencing how they're treating people. And, you know, um, for us, you know, Valentine's Day this year was by far our busiest season. And it was, it was crazy already. We had, we had an unexpected feature on Buzzfeed that brought like oh, right. 88,000 views to our sh little Etsy shop, which we still, we still keep our Etsy shop open just because we, we tend to meet people that way as well. But like in what, like one week we had like 2000 orders of a single product. Like it was crazy. And we're trying to prevent back orders. And like, this is the backstory to this, this conversation. Sure, sure. And you, um, and I should have added that in addition to your Etsy shop, like you are not just an Etsy seller, you have a dedicated we have a few website. Different, yes. Right, yes, is, we so, do. Okay. Yeah. That's definitely right. where we, we put most of our efforts, but in Valentine's <laughs> day, Etsy just explodes. Um, so here we were in our little studio trying to prevent back orders. So we lengthened our processing time to manage expectations. So we said, we can ship your order out within three to five days. And we offered to customers a few shipping speed upgrades so they could, 
ensure arrival by February 14th. Um, this customer was just not happy with that. She sent, as you mentioned, a really rude and forceful message that was almost like bullying, really. Like she just said, I will, you know, I will leave an, an offer of you if this does not get to me by the, the date. Um, I mean, it's blackmail. That's, that's it like bully vibe. So, so I needed to step back and take a breath before replying. And, you know, in doing so, I explained to her why we had the processing times in place and how like every order is important. And and right now every order is needed by February 14th. In fact, around that time, we were getting 30 or 40 emails a day from frantic, frantic parents whose schools had just sent them an email saying, well, actually, we need your Valentine's a week sooner so that they can quarantine the, the paper goods can quarantine in the classroom before being passed out. So all oh. of these parents who had ordered with ample time we're now being told we need this a week sooner. And they, you know, kids take time. I'm a mom of two kids. We would work on like 10 a night. You know, you got, you got to take, you got to spread that out. So, so everyone's orders were of utmost importance. And we were trying also to prevent kids from being, having yet, a, yet another disappointment this year, right? Like right, it's just right. been a hard year. So we, we adjusted the process, processing time and, and explained to her a little bit of the backstory, because I think we all, we all, myself included, expect, businesses to fulfill at Amazon speeds, you know? Um, and so, but we're a small business. We sometimes we just can't do that. So she, eventually she thanked us. She said, well, you know, at least you tried to explain, but you know, I really hoping it does, it does arrive. And here's the thing. It arrived on February. It arrived on the 5th of February, Sarah. So ah, I, that. I mean, and you yes. got, you kind of got like a begrudging compliment yes, out of her. So that's, so that's a, that's I a victory. Know. I mean, right? and you know, you very can't win them all. <laughs> right, right. And with you know, it is it doesn't happen a lot, but with the publication, no. occasionally I get someone who is just bent out of shape with something, and it is a point of pride with me that I will patiently list, wait it out, listen mm -hmm. and talk to them, and hold their hand through it. And if by the end of it, like I, it would be great if they're my best friend, but if they <laughs> just like, like me, I might, like, that's and I win, feel like, right? like, I feel like that's a real victory. And, right. uh, and everyone and has their own story and their own reason why they're acting that way. So sure. our best. And, you know, we've, we've got like 12,000 reviews on Etsy and I still read each one, you know, and when I, when people are leaving, not so happy review, it still bugs me a little, but every now sure. and then, I think just you have to do your best. And at the end of the day, that's all you can right. be. Right. I mean, I know we all listen to our, our worst critics. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I think personally getting to a point in life where I was just like, look, people can say I'm great. People can say I'm, you know, horrible. But in the end, I'm, I'm still the same person. And I just have to just keep rolling yeah. with it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, so this kind of uh, brings up, you look out for other makers, you're, you're unfailingly kind and professional and patient in difficult customer interactions. Uh, and, and to me, that not only speaks to the kind of person you are, but you've said it's also, you know, how you want to define your brand in customers' eyes and the community's eyes as well. Um, I feel like I just get to see the polished end result. So I am like curious when you think about your brand, which we've already determined is your baby. Um, how, how do you want to define it? Well, firstly, as to being unfailingly kind, you haven't quarantined with me for 12 months. Sir. So ask my kids that, but no, but Ducking aside, I feel like the, the beauty of having your own business is you can build it around your own personal value set. And 
like you said, whether you like it or not, it becomes an extension of you. Um, so, you know, for me, I want to be, I want Inklings to be known as a brand that cares. I want people to know through our products that they matter. Um, and then just how, how I run our company, I want as a leader, as a mom, as a boss, I want to be known and remembered as someone who cares. So um, I think my hope that that comes across in our brand and our brand voice. Um, but it kind of goes to like a bit of a backstory and I've shared some of my story elsewhere, but, you know, I was deeply influenced by my parents as most of us are um, good or bad. Um, they met in art college and like pursued and really encouraged me to pursue a creative career. Um, my dad had a small design studio in Toronto and I was really excited to follow his footsteps. And um, I was, I went to art school and in my mid twenties after having graduated, um, you know, my, uh, my dad passed away suddenly of a heart oh, attack. And I'm um, so sorry. Oh, thanks Sarah. But I, I feel like th there are defining moments in our lives when we're forced to like really examine who we are and what we want to become. Um, mm -hmm. And I think back to my dad and his character and how he ran his business. And um, it wasn't his talent that I remember. It was how he treated people. You know, right. how he made you feel, how he lived out his faith through his work. And mm -hmm. I want to be known as a business that that did things with integrity and that like put kindness and love out in the world. So and, you know, this a year like this one, you know, bringing joy to people <laughs> during difficult times, you know, so. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Well, that's so thoughtful and it's so beautiful. And you're, I know you're too young to be having a midlife crisis to be, no, <laughs> to hey, be like having these revelations. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I think it's beautiful. And as, as an observer, I think it definitely comes through in your work and, you know, you definitely have a reputation as, you know, you definitely, most people, most people in our industry do not even last. I think if they don't have like a certain element of uh, integrity, but I, yours is definitely right up there. Thank you. Uh, means you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. If it's absolutely true. I, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. So I feel like since I have you here, I would sort of be a little remiss not to bring up the paper source situation yeah. um, because it is sort of like the 10 million pound stationary elephant <laughs> in every room these days. That's a good way to describe it. <laughs> so I know I know you have a few unpaid invoices. I, I don't know the amounts. I know I know it. They're obviously existing. Um, there's a lot of different approaches to the situation that I've seen different makers taking, all of them valid, all of them, you know, um, natural. Um, how are you choosing to approach this? And where's your head and mindset with this? Yeah, this, you know, this is a really tough situation. And and this was tough news for our industry. And I'm sure for pe paper source as well, there are like about 1700 people who are affected inside of paper source, as well as all the makers that, that they, uh, that support them and that they support. So this was hard news and emotionally news for our industry. Um, speaking for myself, I don't want to see them fail. I feel like right. bankruptcy is an impossible, this has been an impossible year. And there were a certain set of circumstances that led them to this point and no one wants to to declare mm -hmm. bankruptcy so i think i would like to see them succeed i would like to see them do well for the people who have been um you know, the small makers who who have invoices that are open with them so i don't want to see them fail um but i do hope that they you know 
do make it right. Yes. Like do their due diligence to make it right. Right. So I, you know, I feel the same way. I mean, like, I feel like, you know, I work with a lot of people there. I know you do. I, you Mm -hmm. know, these are just regular kind paper peeps with jobs. They did not make any of these decisions. And frankly, I think uh, they were a little overwhelmed by the response. I don't think that was the response they were expecting. So um, hopefully they'll make good and it will play out. I mean, we, I mean, the industry does need them. We need them. uh, You know, if we lost them, I, I don't think, I don't think the results would be good. So um, hopefully, hopefully they'll make it work and everybody will be happy. Um, You know, it's, it's, it was definitely last week was definitely a week I don't want to live through again. <laughs> right. Like how 2020 or how 2021. I do want to say, Sarah, though, like I want to make sure that we're framing the conversation around cards in a positive light, because even yes. though they had to make this decision from a business standpoint, I don't think that's a reflection of our industry's health as a whole. In fact, it, cards it are more not. relevant than ever. You know, it just wasn't a series of unfortunate events that led up to them and the timing of their, you know, buying papyrus stores and then a global pandemic hit and all right, sorts of other right. things. So, but, but I mean, we've sold more cards this year than ever before, you know? And so cards, right. I feel like people are still trying to stay connected and they want, they want those, those cards to be able to, to show love to one another from afar. So I hope right. people can understand that in general, that's cards are as important as ever. And, and that, that shouldn't be a reflection of that. Okay. Thank you so much for underlining that. That is so much. So, so people were having amazing years, uh, makers, big makers, small. I, this, uh, I, from my understanding, and I am no specialist in bankruptcy law from my understanding, you know, they might've gotten a little, you know, the timing of buying the papyrus shops, you know, they overextended Mm -hmm. themselves a bit. It's not like, you know, uh, their greeting card wall is not a major draw and it is not like, um, Mm -hmm. people are not buying them hand over fist. And to me, the really interesting thing about this situation is that I, cause I was trying to think of another corporation that has a feature to it, or I'm sorry, a mass retailer that has a feature to it. That is so maker driven. I I can't think of a single store that has anything like that. And, and so, uh, maybe that's why this is playing out a little differently. Um, but Mm -hmm. it is something special and I, you know, we need to keep it, um, in that sort of, um, you know, larger than life format. Although there are so many great, um, little independents that, you know, do it in their own way that are, that are, you know, just as interesting, if not more, um, Mm -hmm. interesting in their own ways. Oh yeah, um, I, I I I know. I sorry to jump in, but I, no, I, no, I no. can't say enough about our our independent stores. And those are the stores who they pay for orders up front. They personally select each one. Um, you know, we we know many of those owners by name and know their kids' names. So while we love paper stores, we want to see them to succeed. But I also feel all the more grateful for the independent stores that we work with across the country, and they've been so embracing. Um, of our community and the makers who are affected and, and so encouraging in all of this to supporting us in, in so many ways. So I just want to put a shout out to them too. Oh yeah, no, they're amazing. And it has been amazing to see how, um, everybody sort of stood together and mm-hmm. looks out for each other and, you know, supports each other. I, uh, I, 
I don't know if it was in another market that I cover that it would have been quite the same. Like it's harder for me to see this playing out in the gift industry, for mm -hmm. example, not that the gift industry isn't great and ha doesn't have a lot of great things, but I just think this was such a, the way that it, the way it played out was very, you know, it reflected mm -hmm. the amazing nature of our industry. Yes. Um, I so. So, and, and I, you know, and um, circling a little bit back to trade shows, I mean, and that is, that was part of the value of them is that you see your independent mm. retailers. And I mean, I know, you know, their kids and when they're yeah. getting married and when they're moving and when they're mm. expanding their store and, you know, you really know their businesses in a very, um, you know, intimate way, as well as how it's, how they're developing them and, mm. and getting through. So finally, uh, this is new release season, or it used yes. to be anyway. <laughs> so it is. I'm sorry. I don't want to be too dark. What I love, what I love about your range, as I've mentioned, is that you just take a, such a fun approach to stationery, integrating elements like custom scratch offs, like making snowballs, like crazy stuff um, to add that extra engagement. So what's new this season? Oh, goodness. We have some fun new things coming this season um, that, again, are just all about m delivering little moments of joy in that card plus experience. Um, mm -hmm. So we're really excited. We just launched our facial cards, not face mask cards, but like a paper, a sheet kind of facial that you can pamper yourself or pamper someone with. And so you mail the card. It's got a little spa facial inside. So it's like a gift and a card. Um all in one. Um, so it's been a fun line to launch this season. And then also we, we've newly launched our vinyl sticker cards. So cool. they've got a vinyl sticker plus the card. So it's like a little gift with a card that you can send to someone in the mail. We know that vinyl stickers are insanely popular right now. Um, and so we were excited to be able to embrace that new medium and introduce them in a new way uh, by putting them uh, on a card. So we've got a few other top secret things in the works that we'll be sharing as the year progresses, but those are Ooh. two big products that we're, we're excited about launching this spring. Those look amazing. Yeah. I see them on your site. I can't wait to see them in person. And I bet, and I bet they're even more uh, amazing. As nice as your photography is, I'm sure in life they're they've got that extra razzle dazzle. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so Lindsay, thank you so much uh for coming by the paper thank fold you. it was a privilege sarah thank you you are as lovely in person as you are across the screen here i can't wait to see you in person again but i i'm thankful for you and what you bring to our industry and um the warmth and uh, the warmth that you bring and the insights that you offer i just you're amazing. I'm grateful to call your friend. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you came here and I'm so grateful to call you a friend and to, and even just to get to see you. Hopefully this will Likewise. not be, hopefully I will see you in real life this yes. year. Um, that's my goal. Same here. All right. All right. Thanks <laughs> thank again. You, <laughs>you so much, Lindsay, for coming by the paper fold. And thank you so much for listening. As always, please email me at sarah at thepapernerd.com with anything I can do for you. And if you are liking what you are hearing, please subscribe and leave me a good rating and review. I can't tell you how much that helps. Thanks so much, paper peeps. Please stay well. Mm -hmm.